0: episode of the two shots podcast i'm your host joe garcia and today we're going to be joined by a special guest we're going to be joined by ty yeager from at the line
1: podcast how you doing ty it's going man it's going and you got my last name right no one usually does so i'm happy i'm proud about that yeah Let's well
0: go. before we came on the air you know i asked you it's like what's your name and you're just like it's ty yeager like you know Jaeger. i said like Jaegermeister. so i, I like the drink so that's why i got your name right <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's always good if someone likes Jaeger, it helps me out because they know my name i'll take it
0: and there you go so why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself and what you guys are doing you know over at, at the line
1: so at the line is kind of spurs general nba podcast we focus more on spurs i am in dallas while my co-host mac pen Pinya, who's also on twitter at mac pen media he's he lives in San Antonio. We're both avid Spurs fans, avid NBA fans. We follow it very closely, and we do it once a week. We're don't, we're going to try to do it twice a week maybe, but we do a lot of stuff. We just had an interview last week when we recorded with Jonathan Sanford, of, who is the former voice of the San Antonio Spurs, PA announcer, the guy known for two shots. That was a great interview. You can check that, check that out on our Twitter, at the Pod. And then we have a podcast coming out soon that we just did with Jeff Garcia of of Locked On, so that's going to be a lot of fun. That was a really great conversation. He and Jeff had told us a story about the how was called the first arena before the Alamo Dome, the Hemisphere Center. Hemisphere Arena.
0: Hemisphere Arena.
1: Hemisphere. I keep saying Center. Well, he gave us a story on the Hemisphere Arena, and that was a really cool story. You can check this out on our latest episode of At the Line.
0: Yeah, and you know that's why I named. My podcast, Two Shots, in in honor of the catchphrase that Jonathan Sanford, the best Spurs PA announcer in the history of the organization, that I always like to, you know, tell him that, uh you know, I I asked him, you know, hey, can I name my podcast after you? And of course, Jonathan, being the great guy that he is, gave me his blessing. So there you have it, some history behind the Two Shots podcast, and you know, shout out to you, Jonathan Sanford. He's 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 an amazing guy. So
1: yeah, if you want. We we asked them how it, how the story of how two shots came to be what it is on the on our podcast so you can hear that story over there, but first listen to this podcast and then listen to that. Yeah, exactly. Just take priority.
0: <laughs> so I got to get Jonathan on here with me as well so we can talk some some Spurs you know basketball and stuff. So it's it's been a while man so I got to get him back on, and you know shout out to my buddy Jeff Garcia, I do uh, do the the Locked On Spurs podcast with him as well so it's good to see seeing him come out on your podcast and give you guys some love. You know, that's always good. It's always amazing. Everybody here in the podcasting community, there's room for everyone. Everyone should come out, support and collaborate with one another. That's what this is all about. Exactly. Let's dive in here and switch gears and let's talk about some San Antonio Spurs basketball. And as let's of go. late, the San Antonio Spurs, you know, they kind of dropped two games, you know, against the Miami Heat, which this one they should have won. Then they came back from being down by as many as 19 points to the, you know, to the Houston Rockets. Looked like we might get the win, but lo and behold, things just didn't work out for us in the final, uh, you know, two minutes. There, it, it
1: didn't just mm. work out. It was a bad call. Because sorry, yeah. I'm jumping here. It the hard and flop. It, that's just all I'm going to say on that.
0: Yeah, and you can see the hard and flop. I mean, that's it's been crazy because. I released that video, right? I, I, I screen captured, or you know, because I have this whole setup here during Spurs games and I'll, re, you know, record these videos in real time and I'll post them out as the game's going on and, you know, I'll say something about it. But in particular, that that grab that I got of, uh, uh, you know, Harden flopping, and it and was a complete flop because DeRozan grazed the beard, he didn't hit his chin,
1: yeah, it was the beard. It was the beard. The whole beard. I know. I think that's why he has that beard, because if anyone hits, taps the hair, it's it's going to get called for a foul. Yeah, he he grazes the
0: beard, and then it's like a late reaction. Oh, I'm going to fall on the ground and act like I'm hurt. The chin never even got touched. And another thing about that is that Harden was leaning into him. You got to give the shooter some space. So to me, it should have just been a no call. You know, it shouldn't even have... Yeah stop the game it should have just been a no call great shot by DeRozan which would have put the Spurs up by 8 but it just wasn't in the cards for us you know you the home team's going to get those types of calls unfortunately that's why it's so hard to win on the road um and you know when i released that that screen capture that video capture that i did of the you know that foul it got a lot of traction and it's still going strong on twitter dude i think the last time i checked it was like Over 1400 likes and some insane amount of number of retweets like 500 and I still get notifications. I'm like, really? And people are still still talking about that being like the worst flop of all time that they've seen. I'm like, I've seen worse. But I mean, it's just amazing to me, like how people are so heated. About the flop we're, we're, now.
1: We're Spurs fans. One, we're Spurs fans. We're the pettiest fans that there could be. <laughs> then also add on to that it's Houston, and we will always be petty against Houston as much as we possibly can because they're a rival. I'd, 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 yeah, and I think if you, I think honestly, if you talk between like the three Texas team, if you talk between three fans of the of each team of the Mavs, the Spurs, and the Rockets, I think that both the Mavs fans and the Spurs fans will come together to say that they hate the Rockets more than than each other.
0: Yeah. You know, there's a there's I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of hatred towards the Rockets and the Mavericks. I mean, people despise the Mavericks here because they took a possible ring from us. Because we're going to talk about Manu Ginobili, but one of the fondest memories, or not the fondest, but a memory I have, is when Manu Ginobili fouled Dirk Nowitzki with seconds left to send him to the free throw line to push what have what would have been the Spurs another Spurs trip to the NBA Finals, but unfortunately, this foul that Manu got on Dirk Nowitzki sent him to the free throw line, game went into overtime, the rest was history, Mavs move on and get their only uh, NBA championship, you know, so that was history for the Spurs, you know, and it's something that we're all, I remember, and I want to forget, but those that's one of the memories I have of Manu, and I know people don't like discussing it, so we're going to move on from there. But the Spurs have a game coming up, Ty. They have a game uh, against the, the Charlotte Hornets tonight, and Tony Parker is in for this game. So what do you think is going to happen tonight? Do you think Tony's going to be out for revenge and he's going to look like the Tony of old, or are the Spurs going to get an easy win?
1: I I think Tony's a double agent for us, as like Danny Green is in, to- in Toronto, but... Now, I think it should it should be an easy win for them. This is a Hornets team that they are fighting for a playoff spot in the East, but also this Hornets team isn't the best either. They, If you look at all their different stats, they, Kimba Walker is their only all-star. Kimba Walker is a great and fantastic, but they're not winning games real easily. This team has the 22nd rated defense in the league, number rated 14th offense in the league. So they have a top half of the offense, but still not fantastic. And this team is below, is below 500. So this should be a Spurs win. A am not going to say easy win because no win is going to be easy, especially if it's on the road, especially if this is a Spurs team that's 14 to 22 on the road. But if Spurs have been playing like they have been lately, if LaMarcus decides to go off for 50 again, it should be an easy win.
0: Yeah, you, you would think it would be an easy win. But me and my my buddy Jeff Garcia, we were talking about, you know, the Spurs chances on the and on, the, on this most recent episode of the locked on Spurs podcast. I said that this is going to be a hard fought victory for the Spurs. I think the Spurs and the, the Hornets are going to be really close this whole game. I, I still expect the Spurs to pull out a win, but I got the Spurs winning by five on the road. I think we're going to see some vintage Tony at play here. Um, so I, I still think the Spurs are going to win. I just think it's going to be a little bit closer than most fans would like uh so it is what it is on that end a win a win a win is a win in my book and especially right now in the highly contested western conference the spurs need wins in any way they can get them uh and now that we've had some news of uh you know Neruchek going down over there for the twortland trailblazers with what with what was a horrific injury ah a horrific horrible man horrible Poor guy. I wish him nothing but the best, man. Hope he comes back better, stronger, and, you know, he's still able to play at a high level, but, man, that was that's tough. That was a tough break, literally, no pun intended, for the Portland Trail Blazers, who were already without CJ McCollum, and now they have Nerchik going down. Does that help the the Spurs maybe possibly catch the Blazers now?
1: Um, If you look at the and you pull up the standings, because this Western Conference is way too close as it yeah. is, and one one win can put you at the t- put you in home court advantage while one loss can send you to the bottom. And we saw that with the Spurs where Oklahoma City is now at the 8th as we record this. I always have to say, as we record this, because this is going to change in the next... Yeah. This will change by tonight. By the by end of night or something like that. Portland is two, about two and a half games in front of the Spurs, three and a half, with four games back, and Spurs are seven and a half. I still don't... I'm not sure if Portland's going to have that big dive because they have depth Portland's is one of the better depth teams in the league. They still got, they have CJ that's still injured, but that can easily come back soon. But they got Damian Lord they got Ennis cancer, Ronnie hood. This team is still has a really, has a really good lineup that can, I think can manage that depth. But with Nurkic being out, they don't have that inside inside threat that they really need. And honestly, if I'm the Spurs, and Portland still holds that number four seed. I would love to get that number five seed, so because Lamarcus could bully them inside, it would be yeah. a really good matchup for them. You say you say his
0: name right? I say his name. I always want to say his name, Nurkic, and it's Nurkic. You know, it's like
1: It's Nurkic. Nurkic. It's I- Nurkic. It's the NBA has some of the, some of the best names, but also the hardest when it comes to saying right. Got Giannis Uh Who else? Then people always say. Is it Davis Bertans? Davis Bertanes? Nikola Jokic, Ma- <laughs> you know? Nikola Nikola Jokic, um, Manu instead of I hate it when people say Manu. Manu. It's Manu. Say it right.
0: <laughs> Manu. <laughs>
1: I remember hearing some of the uh, the announcers say that. It is annoying. Manu. It, it used to be Manu. And now it's a Jonas or because. You're supposed to say Giannis, Anthony yeah. Kumbô, but people say Giannis, Janice, Giannis, Giannis. Yeah, right.
0: The G is silent.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, that, yeah, the pronunciation, we should have a, a, a podcast strictly for that. It's trying to say these hard names the right way and see how many you can get right and how many your co-hosts can get right and crown a winner after that. You know, that'd be that'd be fun.
1: <laughs> I, I will take. I will take that challenge. I've been, I, I perfected saying "Yanis Anticumbo." So come at me. You're right for real. Like, how many times can you say it in a row without messing up? That would be a challenge. It's it's a tongue twister for sure. Anticumbo, Anticumbo, kumbo. All right, I got three. I'll take that.
0: No, but the full name, you know, and you got to hop on one leg and do something else, you know. So that would be a good bit. It, it make make it a challenge for me. <laughs> yeah, make it a challenge. That would be funny, man. That we got to do something like that soon.
1: But uh, yeah, with the standings though, this Western, it's basically now a fight for what seat, What matchup do you want? Right now, the Spurs are in seventh, and they would go against the Nuggets if the playoff start right now. Which I don't, I don't necessarily oppose that matchup. I actually kind of like that matchup, especially since I kind of underrank the Nuggets. But it's also hard to play in Denver. But you can easily start claim that home court advantage from Portland if possible. For but Portland sees in that four five seed. I would love that matchup just because, unfortunately, you do take advantage of an injury. But with how Lamarcus has been playing the past two years, lighting it up on the inside, and Nurkic not being there, who's their biggest presence inside in the paint, Lamarcus could just torch torch the Blazers because of that.
0: Yeah, and you know the Spurs also acquired a big man recently, and by them acquiring this big man that played overseas in uh in the Chinese league over there. Um, I think what they're saying really is that they're saying, look, we believe in in Lonnie Walker, you know, because the, the Spurs are guard-heavy right now. You have Lonnie Walker, you have Derek White, you have Bryn Forbes, and if you're in a pinch and you need to play somebody at the point, you can always throw in Patty Mills, even though we know that the results of that aren't really ideal for the Spurs, but nonetheless, he still is available, you know, so if, if you have to go that deep, but by getting this uh, seven-footer, to come in and possibly be insurance for the spurs moving forward i think that could actually help dependent on if somebody gets in foul trouble in the postseason if there's an injury or pop needs someone to rest or a possible you know uh, enforcer to go out there if the spurs do wind up you know facing off against the nuggets in the first round at least you have somebody that can go out there and possibly give some good fouls to nikola Jokic, you know <laughs> so you can still save uh, a portal and a, a LaMarcus Aldridge if they get in foul trouble early. So I, I like that move by them. But I got to tell you right now, Ty, I think the Spurs, they match up good with anybody like you said. Anyone else but the Warriors. We want to see anyone in the first round but the Golden State Warriors. I like the Spurs' chances against it, yeah. anybody.
1: It's the Warriors that I avoid. I prefer to avoid the Rockets because they can they can light you up. They can still be hot. And they have a really... Well-balanced team. I would avoid the Rockets matchup. I think another matchup if for some reason if you did get home court Advantage and the Thunder decided to come back I would avoid the Thunder just based on the matchup where Paul George can light it up Russell Westbrook I know he I know Derek White has been limiting Russell Westbrook, but also Steven Adams is still a threat too. it Oklahoma City Thunder just would be a matchup. I would want to avoid just because I don't want to take that chance
0: Yeah, it's the history you know, basically that's what it is. You don't. <laughs> you hope that the Spurs are are going to be out, able to go over there and overcome. You know the the road rows the road woes that they've had in the regular season and get past them in the postseason. But OKC is one of these other teams that the Spurs have a history with, where you you're not safe because the Spurs can win on the road over there against OKC, and OKC's proven that they can win. Here at home at the AT&T Center, you know, so it's one of those rivalry rivalries that that's kind of sketchy at best, you know, because either team can get hot and get it going. So we've seen that happen in the past.
1: One underrated matchup that might be happening would be Utah too, just based on Rudy Gobert being one of the better defensive big probably one of the best defensive big men in the league. And when you have LaMarcus being your main torch bearer at the moment. And Have Rudy Gobert defending him. That's not a great matchup.
0: It's not and, because I think his length could uh, you know really bother Lamarcus
1: Yeah, especially on Lamarcus's turnaround jumpers those his way that the way that he fights fights inside the paint Rudy's as a big dude has the length and can easily contend I would expect a few blocks on that turnaround jumper with Lamarcus's if Rudy Gobert is defending him
0: Yeah, I would too um, unfortunately and you know they can also give him different looks. You know, come out, come at him with, you know, maybe double team, triple team. But he has to look for the open man in those types of situations. And right now, I think the Spurs actually their offense flows better when you start getting Lamarcus and uh, Demar Derozan in rhythm early. And I think a lot of other teams know that. So in the in the playoffs, they're going to have to look for other people to score and and you know kind of shoulder that that scoring load and. You want people like Ayaka Portal to have a good game and not just be, you know, kind of like a defensive anchor out there. You want him to put up some points. And I think that's where the Spurs bench and their role players are going to really have to come alive for this team to really go deeper into the postseason. Because let's face it, when it comes to star power, the Spurs are kind of lacking that in that department. But when it comes to the overall system, I think that's what really scares a lot of these other teams, especially moving forward in the postseason. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, the Spurs have won the better experienced teams where has DeMar- made trips with Portland almost every year into the playoffs. DeMar has had his experience of playoff experience. Whenever you go against a young team, a young team that just doesn't have that playoff experience, plus you're going against Pop, that's not... Pop, who's been in the p- postseason 22 straight years, knows what the hell he's doing. And... I think that's a big that's a big reason I would like the Denver Nuggets matchup because it's a lot of young guys that haven't had that playoff experience. Besides maybe Isaiah Thomas and uh, Paul Millsap, the rest of them don't have that don't because that that Denver team is a very young team. And whenever you put put those young guys of two- or 4 year experiences with very little playoff experience against Popovich, who has some seasoned veteran guys, guys have won a champ, championship in. And Patty and Marco and then pop with five championships, of course, it's still something that you want to avoid as a whole in In any playoff experience is the best playoff experience. That's also another reason. I would avoid that Oklahoma's Oklahoma City Thunder uh, Team because that team does have a playoff experience themselves. They have deep playoff experience they have been going to the Western Conference Finals a few times made to the finals one year with Kevin Durant and James Harden and you still want to avoid that team. I think all the, if you look at this team, it's Oklahoma, Portland, Houston, Golden State, that you want to avoid avoid if you're trying to win a, if you're a younger team like the Clippers, Utah, and Denver. Those, any young teams who want to avoid every other team in this Western Conference playoff push. Yeah, I'm not really sold
0: on the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to wind up getting bounced, especially if they come in at the seventh seed, you know, and the Spurs move up in the standings sixth or fifth. Um, and if, you know, the Clippers match up against the Denver Nuggets, I just think because they're the Clippers are, are a little bit more inexperienced, they have these, the Clippers to me, they can maybe make some noise, but I think overall they just don't have the firepower when it comes to, to trying to match up against a, a highly potent offense and the Denver Nuggets. And I think, you know, Nikola Jokic, he's one of the biggest, uh, one of the best big passing men that's in the league right now. He's a big guy that can pass the hell out of the ball. And I think that kind of makes him dangerous at times, you know, because if you double or triple team him, he can still get the pass off to the open man. Do, do you, have you seen that as well?
1: Yeah. this. Team, just, I'm trying to think of because I haven't seen too many Clippers games and yeah. looking at their stats, they're actually one of the better offensive teams. They're top, they're number nine in the league. Yeah. Although their defense is bottom and almost in the bottom 10 at 19. But, You've seen these nights where Montreal Harris can light it up because that dude's young and that can, can light streaky. it up. Yeah, he's he's free. He's fun to watch. And then when of the games I have seen, then also add in that Lou Williams will light you, light you up as that six man. That dude is going to win the six man of the year award. Should be named after Lou Williams based on <laughs> how that man just lights it. He's up. the Iron Man. <laughs> he he lights it up, and but when you look at the rest of the team, it's. It's, you don't see a lot of names. You don't see a lot of names that you would recognize or you would see as, oh, this is definitely a game changer. You don't see that. Patrick Beverly is still going to give you fits on defense, and I would like Patrick Beverly as a defensive matchup. But when your best score was Tobias Harris and you traded him, you're not going to do the best. But I am surprised, and I do respect the Clippers for still staying in the playoff race when it seemed like that they may have been tanking after the trade deadline. Yeah, not only that they uh, trade Tobias, they also got rid of his buddy as well.
0: They sent him out with him over to uh, Detroit and uh, Boban. I mean, not Detroit to the Philly. Detroit, yeah,
1: they got him, they got over Detroit. Yeah,
0: but... yeah. They sent hey. Boban, Toby, the Toby and Boby show is now in Philly. So that's that's something.
1: And Bobon Boban made his first three first was it his first career attempt, and he drained it.
0: Oh yeah, I saw that the baseline. You, it was cool. Can you imagine? If Boban develops a three-point shot, he'd oh be God, unstoppable.
1: Hate, be scared. <laughs> he would be a monster. Boban, <laughs> Boban, people like to downplay Boban. Boban can have the potential if he develops certain areas. He he can already dunk on you really easily, s- steal rebounds. Then if he adds a three-point shot that you can't block, <laughs> Jesus, that, that's scary. I'm going to go make that in 2K now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Boban shooting a three. Because Boban... When he played with the Spurs and you know he even played with the Pistons and then he was over there in the Clippers. And you watch his game, Bobon's no slouch. Like he can shoot a, a jumper, you know? He's he's got decent form there. You know, and he can of course he's an imposing force in the paint. And now that you know, if he can kind of like spread the defense and start busting threes on people, I'm like, dang, Bobon. I mean, he he would could really develop that into a, another weapon you know and he can you imagine if he shoots three pointers really well he'd be like one of the best three-point shooting big men in the league if that actually transpired that'd be amazing you know and Boban's one of these uh larger than life uh characters because of his personality everywhere he goes in the locker room everybody loves him you know it's like he's he's this guy that everybody likes to hang out with because he's funny and you know he's just uh, a. it's just that personality that he has that just makes him a good you know guy to have in the locker room I think but
1: yeah and, and also talking about his three point game any year before this he did not make a three point attempt but this year he's made four total three point attempts he has one so he's only shooting 250 50 for the year but still he's he's testing out that three that that long range game wow. uh, I would be scared of that maybe that's
0: something he'll work in Uh, you know like in the gym and stuff and, you know, work on that in the off season and then come back. And what if he actually can be like 30 or 40% from beyond the arc? that, that would be pretty amazing, you know, to see Boban just
1: draining threes. Just looking at his total stats for Philadelphia, he's only played 14 games, but he has already over a hundred points, and especially as a role player that he's getting, he's getting his minutes that he deserves. Yeah, Boban has always been one of
0: these guys that's been very efficient. I think he led the league in efficiency at one point. I don't know if it was this season or last season, where they would play him and and the, he would make the most out of the minutes. Like he was averaging one of the uh, he had like a high scoring average when you factored in the minutes that he played and overall efficiency, he was leading the league in that department. So that just goes to show you what Boban can do, you know. So I wish he would have came back to the Spurs, but. You know, I understand it's a business. They got to make money. But Boban was one of the, the most beloved uh, players when he played here for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, he would come out and everybody was like, Boban, you know. So I, I would love to see him at some juncture, maybe if it's in the cards, come back and, and play with the Spurs just one more time, you know.
1: Spurs could always use our big man.
0: Yeah, that they could. <laughs> We're kind of thin in that department because, you know, Bo- the... I guess the utilization of the big man is kind of, you know, dwindling off a little bit, but there's still a place for them. You know, it's just that now nowadays everybody's sold on offense, so they go with smaller lineups and more athletic guards and, you know, more athletic, uh, you know, kind of like forwards, that kind of thing, shooting guards. So,
1: you know, the game's I, changed. I expect the, I expect the big man to come back. If you look at Jokic... Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, the big man is going to be making their return to the game. Look at yeah. Nikolai There There's all these different guys that are, are so good. Also, if your name is Nikolai, you should be doing fine because there's like three different Nikolais that are all stars in the league. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, like,
0: it has to evolve. You yeah. know, the big man's position, I guess, in the NBA will evolve. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. You know, that this is the new era of the big man. It's not the traditional you know, go down in the paint, put your back to the to your defender and kind of like back them up and shoot like, you know, Tim Duncan did back in the day you saw, you know, Charles Barkley and, you know, Shaquille and and uh, Hakeem the Dream kind of do that. But, you know, there's 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 an evolution to the game, and I think that's what we're seeing right now.
1: And I, th- I think the player to kind of look out for, the two players I would say that are going to be ev- evolving this game are Joel Embiid and Chris Porzingis. Those two those guys are tall guys. They can work you guys inside the paint. They're tough But they also have taken the advantage of stretching out their game and making the three ball key to them like what KP is one of the better pick-and-poppers there is in the league and I'm I'm honestly ex- I know Spurs fans are gonna hate me for this <laughs> But I'm excited for the mass team because I love the, I love that duo of K- Christopher Zingas because I even liked him be- when he was in New York but I like I love seeing the matchup of Kristoff next to Luca that just seems like that seems looks like it's gonna be so much fun to watch in general Spurs fans will probably hate it once we start the rivalry starts building up But that's just gonna be such a fun team to watch and it's, it's going to show you a new evolution of what the NBA the new NBA type of game is gonna be
0: yeah, cuz Unfortunately, you know Kristaps was injured. So we didn't we're not gonna really see him play this season he is coming along yeah, we're not quite play the
1: well team this season. at all. Yeah, yeah, not this season, but next season. Ooh, yeah, it's going to be so much fun to watch.
0: Yeah, he's coming along quite well. You know, he was saying that he was ready to, you know, start going full on practice, five on five, uh, about a week or two ago, when one of the sideline reporters was talking with him. I believe when the Spurs were playing Dallas on the road. So that was that was interesting to hear. You know that he's excited about you know starting his his next chapter in his rehab, where he can have full on. Contact five on five, you know. So I'm sure he's gonna work really hard in the off season. He's gonna come back, you know, stronger and and ready to play. But yeah, that's gonna be a, a formidable tandem, you know. And and Don, Don Nick and uh, Donic, and also with uh, you know Christops the the unicorn. Um, I think they can give the Spurs some fits, you know, moving forward when they're 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 healthy, because you know the Spurs. And, and the Western Conference, as tightly contested as it has been this season, I would expect it to be this way again next season, because it seems like if you're not one or two, once you drop down from three all the way down to eight, everybody's kind of evenly matched in some way. You know, there's a little separation there, but I think we're going to see more of the same thing going into to next season. I mean, what are you th- what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, next season, if you look at these rosters, if you look at the teams that are com- they're building up, Dallas is going to be one of my favorites because they have they have room I believe for they ha- I know they have room for at least one max contract. I think they may have room for two, but still Dallas is going to be a good team just based on how their how their how their uh, offseason is going to go. I would expect the Lakers to make some sort of recovery as much as I don't want them to just because it's LeBron, you can't doubt LeBron's pl- type of play. The Clippers are building something really well in, in, in L.A. too. Portland's always going to be good. Houston's always going to be good. Denver is going to be an even bigger threat once they're fully healthy because they still got Michael Porter Jr., who didn't play all this season and was probably one of the top draft picks coming out of his draft class but just fell to where Denver snatched him up. Golden State, I, he, they're still going to be competitive, but it depends on where what happens with Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Pessons and even Clay Thompson. It ju- the Kings are good. This whole this whole Western Conference has potential, and it's scary as a Spurs team. You know that just means more competition. That means it's just going to be even more of a bloodbath come future seasons. But also, I'm confident in the Spurs having Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker in the, at the helm. M- M- Jemezi Metsu. you still got these young guys that are really good. You're going to have the brick wall. The uh, I like to say the quattro cinco. Rick Wall and uh, DeJounte and Derek White next season. And then also if you, if the Spurs draft well again this seed, this offseason, as if they weren't going to draft well, they're probably going to pick up a big man or a wing to add it to complete the young core. And But again, this whole this whole Western Conference, if you look at any of them, they all have potential and it's scary.
0: Yeah, because everything's just, I think, so tightly contested now and everybody's jockeying for position and going after these, you know, uh, players that are going to make these teams better. And to me, you know, really right now, the Spurs, they're missing a piece. You know, they have two all-stars, you know, and DeRozan, and you have Lamarcus. But to be uh, saying that, you know, hey, you're going to be a viable threat for years to come, and you're going to be in that conversation, again, saying, hey, the Spurs are a legit contender to win it all. They, They need a third person in there you know and and if it has to be i think a wing is what they're missing you know a good wing defender kind of like what they lost when the fake number two left you know they need that oh, type geez. of player you know they need they need a prolific uh player somebody that's going to be good and, and balanced not just on being able to score but also on the defensive end as well you know if we're not going to get another caliber of player is you know the fake number two like we like to call them uh, was but we can definitely go out there and see if there's someone available that could kind of help us in that, in that regard. But you know, it's going to be dependent on the salary cap and who's available. And I'm sure that the Spurs are like you said, they're going to draft well, they'll probably do something in the off season to see who's available and see who they can bring back, you know, because we, we might not have uh, the same roster again uh, next season uh, due to, you know, salary cap and you know some of these expiring contracts that are going to be coming up so it's going to be an interesting offseason to say the least but yeah we we don't we don't mention the 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 K name over here we we call him fake number 2
1: it's like if oh, you're we, saying a bad we word so, <laughs> we we still so, we still mention him because it's we, we we try not to as much as we are petty we try not to be too much petty and all that but, but I completely understand if you look at this team it's this team is fairly well built it's still a well-built team. I don't think you don't need Bryn Forbes though. You can place Bryn Forbes with like, just looking at the contra- as a whole. Bryn Forbes can be that roster spot can be replaced with someone to, with a wing player that you draft. I do hope that the Spurs re-sign Rudy Gay just because of that veteran presence. Plus, he is he could be a nice spark plug. He can the bench. still ball. He can still ball. Yeah, he still balls. He brings in the dunks that we all that we all love. But Rudy, I hope they do resign Rudy. I think Rudy does enjoy San Antonio, so I hope they do resign him, and he probably take a pay cut too. But it, this is a good team. It's still a good team. DeJount, not having Dejounte does hurt, and not having a true wing player that can that can start for you consistently that's really hurt. And like you said, the Spurs are definitely going to be going after after someone some wing player in the draft or even in the offseason and one of the players that, that Mac has sold me on is uh, Mathis' the Tybal, who is essentially another DeJounte another Murray just playing the wing position instead. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I and, probably have to agree with you on that. I think that could could possibly
1: be somebody that might fit the bill, you know? For sure. The dude, it's like six – he's five, six. He's from Washington just like DeJounte. I know – I think those two are buddies, so if – you if you bring him on you already have a good chemistry between him and Dejounte yeah and also add on that it's just a, this guy that dude averaged over three steals a game this season and he's also a senior so he's not he's not like a one and done type player and we yeah. see that we've seen that in Derek White not being a one-done player that it really helps him At, they may be older but they have the IQ and experience that the Spurs are really looking for and Tybalt is just really good on defense. He's he's known as probably one of the best defensive players in the whole NCAA this season. And you add on that wing player that you need, especially a very defense good defensive player that you need at the wing position, you're like they're one or two pieces away and that could be easily be a nice piece that they can acquire without having to spend too much money on and use their own draft pick for. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, and I agree with you. They're like maybe one, I think they're really just maybe one piece away from from really being in that conversation again, you know, and we even asked that question of, uh, you know, Shea Serrano, you know, he's a very prominent writer here in San Antonio, somebody that I really admire. I got to meet him the other day at the Spurs Live event that they had for the Spurs cast over at Project Spurs. Great guy. And they asked him, you know, what do you think this, that this, you know, the Spurs are going to do as far as like being in that conversation again to to be a legit contender? And they said, do you think they're a legit contender now? And he's like, f no, you know, they need an, and he agreed. Hey, we need to add another piece, and he's right. the, the Spurs need to add need a, that extra piece and whatever that might be, whether it be like you said drafting well or or going after somebody in the off season. They're about maybe one two pieces away from. From being back in that conversation so that's always exciting because we want to see that happen here in san antonio because it wouldn't be fiesta if we didn't have the spurs in the playoff you know you might as well just cancel the whole fiesta festivities here in san antonio <laughs> if the spurs aren't in the playoffs it just won't be the same eating that chicken on a stick you know and be like damn spurs aren't playing i can't wear my spurs gear I don't know what I'm going to wear, you know, for Fiesta. That's what the wardrobe consists of when you're going out, especially if you're a guy, you're wearing your Spurs gear, your retro jerseys, your hat, you know, you're representing because it goes hand in hand, you know. I don't know if you've ever been out here for Fiesta, Ty, have you?
1: I have not, and I plan on doing it soon whenever I can. Yeah, well, if you come down here during
0: Fiesta, that's the attire, you know. You got to wear your Spurs gear, man. Those, Especially the retro gear and Fiesta go hand-in-hand.
1: Spur- the hand. Spur- Spurs in the Fiesta jersey. We've been oh, begging God, for it.
0: dude. Don't even get me started on that. I'll tell you some stories but- off off the air about that, but don't don't, uh, don't count on that anytime soon. That's all I can ah, say, dude. That's I, all I can I say. I will say,
1: looking at the offseason, the Spurs have 10 guys on contract going into next season. They do not have Rudy Gay next year so far. No Dante Cunningham, uh, Quincy, Chemezi. So they have about three to four different roster spots that they could fill come the offseason. It's not a lot of money they could work with because they, they already have 97000 on the books. But tr- say you trade away Bren's t- $2.8 million contract, it clears up some some space. But it's, you have room to sign, to draft some good players. Maybe you sign some role players, someone come off the bench, but you're not, I'm not expecting a big name yeah. signing unless the Spurs make some moves and trade trade some of these contracts.
0: Yeah, you're. that's the only way that it's going to work because, you know, you only have so much money to work with, you know, at the end of the day. So you got to get creative somehow. That's why I always tell fans, don't get attached to players. It's a business at the end of the day and everyone's expendable. If, if a great deal came by and the Spurs say, We are going to take this because this would be absolute fools not to take this deal for a DeRozan type player or maybe some of the younger chips that they have out there. They're going to pull the trigger on that,
1: you know, if that ever happened. (laughs) I think there's three players that you do, you put untouchables though on. That's DeJounte, Derek White, and Jacob, just because those are your young core. Yeah. I see Lamarcus and DeMar could be expendable. I say DeMar you should keep because he's. He will be a he'll be a leader and he knows how to ball still. He's only 29, so you're still yeah he's coming up in his 30s, but he's still on the right he's on the good side of the 30. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, true that.
1: So, so if you want to I say put Demar even on an untouchable. I say Lamarcus can be as touchable. Paddy Mills is touchable. Daphes Broughton is touchable. Marco's touchable. Essentially everyone else on the lineup is a touchable, but those four guys. Yeah, except for that your you, core. That, that that young core the young core three guys that really had the potential and then demar and then demar
0: yeah i agree with you on that you know what you know it's gonna have to take some coercing and a really good deal for the spurs to pull that trigger you know so they don't just haphazardly do things so we we'll like go- what we got yeah exactly <laughs> so moving on from here we're gonna go into our last segment of the of this podcast and we're gonna talk some manu ginobili man manu ginobili His name, his number is going to be raised to the rafters on the 28th. You know, coming up here against the Cavaliers, the game against the Cavaliers on Thursday, March the 28th, which is also my birthday. And yes, I will be at that
1: game. My son bought me tickets. It's it's everyone's birthday because Mac's birthday is the day before. And it's like, everyone's going to be crying on their birthday. It's going (laughs) to suck. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be
0: crying. I'll be happy. You know, it's like I've been there already for the Timmy you know retirement ceremony you know when they lifted his uh jersey to the rafters and i was like wow man I'm, is this first, this is history i'm here for this part of history and i was able to share that with my son and now you know we're there for the Manu Ginobili retirement ceremony so that's another thing i'm able to share with my son and he loves the Spurs too so that's that's going to be amazing you know because we were both there for it so it's going to be quite a night, though. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tears throughout the arena. People are going to be balling, you know, when they see number 20 being lifted to the rafters. Dave Mono's um, going to be crying. I'm No doubt, dude, because they're going to have, you know, Timmy probably be there. They're going to have, you know, Tony there as well. And, you know, they'll probably have the the Admiral, David Robinson, you know, and probably maybe his, his some of his other teammates there. I know Brent Berry's now working for the Spurs so I'm sure Brent Barry might be on there on the court saying I, some kind words about Manu as well.
1: I know Jeff said that there will probably be some Argentinian teammates there too, oh, yeah. but expect a Jeff is saying expect a lot of other former players to be at, be at this ceremony. I would expect that too.
0: Yeah, I would too. So,
1: and, but Manu Ginobili, two-time All-Star, four-time NBA champ, two-time All-NBA third team. I know um, was an All-Rookie and was the 0708 sixth man of the year. This dude is the if you look up definition of great teammate Manu Ginobili's the is in is his picture is in that textbook because this dude has sacrificed a lot because this dude could easily had and could easily gone to another team and been a starter. He even even maybe be an MVP because he's got MVP shares too in some of these in some of his time in his career, I believe in, yeah, in, in 2010 to 11, he had the eighth most shares for MVP as a guy coming off the bench. This dude is one of the legendary type guys. He's changed the game. James Harden's game is, is essentially kind of made after Ginobili's with the Euro step. He brought the Euro step to the NBA, and the Euro step is as big as it is now because of Manu.
0: Yeah, Manu made
1: the Eurostep sexy, man. That's what it was. But this dude, he's likable. You see all these all these clips now that the Spurs are releasing on Twitter of all, this, all these former teammates and coaches saying how good of a dude this guy was, how awesome of – how just of a good guy he was. He was always caring. He was always there helping each other out. Jeff told us a great story of how on one of his first times in the locker room that Manu – helped him out after PR started yelling at him it would and uh Manu is just cool there was a time that my parents were on a flight I think come back from Mexico or something on it, a small airline and Manu was on it so one Manu just flying on a small airline I'm not sure it was southwest or something but then uh, my parents didn't have anything to sign so he but he signed a a luggage tag on it and it was we have that hanging up in one of our rooms right now and I and I was in like Third grade whenever we got that and so I took it to school and people were saying that's not real that's not real so in my my third grade handwriting I wrote down on the bottom right corner of the luggage tag real my horrible handwriting (laughs) that that's amazing dude you should always keep that with you oh it's it's hanging up we that is one of our favorite pieces of Spurs memorabilia a Texas shaped orange luggage tag that's signed by Mono Ginobili
0: there you go You know, one thing that I I think that Manu Ginobili is uh, more than anything is he's one of the most beloved Spurs players here in in San Antonio, in Spurs
1: history. Oh, for sure. Like I, I said this on my podcast last night. Tim Duncan is probably the best, the most skilled player that this team will ever have. But Manu Ginobili, no other player will be as beloved as Manu Ginobili has been on this team.
0: Yeah, and you know, the one thing that is very evident, is Manu Ginobili was San Antonio's adopted son. And the reason behind that, and the reason that, you know, he really struck a chord with people here in San Antonio, is he spoke the language. You know, Manu spoke Spanish, and Spanish is something that you you hear on the streets of San Antonio, you know? So, you had somebody that not only looked like you, but could speak your language and talk with you. And that really, I think, more than anything, uh, made a connection with with the Latino community here in San Antonio, and also Manu Ginobili, because Manu became like part of the family. You know, it's like when Manu succeeded, you succeeded. You know, when the Spurs won a championship, you felt like you won. You know, that's why uh, the culture here in San Antonio amongst the fan base, it's very different from anywhere else. It, it's really a family, you know, and, and Being part of the the Latino community, the Spurs, and you know, and is something that you share at at family gatherings. You know, you you go out and you have barbecues with a whole bunch of people, because that's that's how we Latinos do it. You know, when we have a barbecue, we have like 20 or 30 people there and you're watching the Spurs, you're sharing these experiences with your family, with your cousins, and you're passing these memories down. And it really is. It's a family dynamic. And one at the core of all that. Was I always remember was Manu Ginobili and how much everyone really loved Manu because he spoke the language. You know, it's like the Latino community was living vicariously through Manu and that's why he's so much of a beloved character here in the city of San Antonio. It's because he spoke the language. He, he is that, that superhero, I guess you could say, that wore the silver and black for, for all of us here in San Antonio but primarily for the Latino community. You know, so that's just a piece of little history, you know, that I'm sharing with everybody. Yeah, being uh being part of the culture, being part of the Latino community here in San Antonio, and Jeff Garcia, you know, my buddy, we talk about Manu Ginobili and the Spurs all the time, and he'll be one of the first ones to tell you that that you know statement that I just gave you guys right now is pretty dead on. You know, that's that's exactly why Manu is such a legend. Here, not only because of the game, but but also all the other things that he's done with the community, how how he's been able to be this very dynamic, prolific character, you know, that's uh, larger than life. And not only that, but the things that he was able to do on the court, you know, with I remember the Manu days with the Manu and the the big the big hair, you know, the long flowing locks before you know he started going bald, and just the the way that he dribbled the ball down the court, he was not afraid of anything. Manu had a lot of courage. He was just do these moves, man, where he was going to the the basket against, you know, against against the Lakers where he just did this dribble, you know, he just kind of like dribbling the ball up the court, go behind the back, lay the ball up or, you know, just being able to dunk on on players in the NBA like, wow, man, this this guy was something special. You know, and especially coming into the league and and when he won his his first championship, I believe it was in 03, you know, I mean, that was, uh, that was amazing, you know, to see him do that, you know, and to see what, what the Spurs were getting. I know it frustrated Pop a lot of times because Pop had to actually kind of like change his coaching style a little bit with Manu because he couldn't get mad at Manu because that what that is what made Manu Ginobili, Manu Ginobili. And it was funny because some of the things he would do on the court, Pop would just give a smirk. It's all you could do was just smile. You know, because it's like you couldn't believe the ball went in the basket, you know? So that's that those are the memories that I always take with me of him, you know. So I'm I'm honored that I was able to see him play so many games. It is sad that it's the end of an era, but it's, you know, something that you're always gonna have with you, you know. So those were my fond memories of Manu and you shared yours. Is there another moment that really stuck out for you?
1: Always I think as Spurs fans, we always have had our players known as the old guys throughout, especially as a late in the past 10 di- years where the guys were, were always in their thirties. So Manu was beginning to be called the old man yet. He was the one making plays, still making moves. He was a big, big source of energy for the team. And you could always see on the court, any emotion that you came to solve for that front of court, it was either Patty Mills or Manu Ginobili. Manu was the, I think was the spirit animal of that of the Spurs team for the past two decades. And I think he still is. Yeah. And then I also add on probably the best, the best moment that Spurs fans have had in the past five years, past four years at least is of course, Manu blocking <laughs> Harden on a behind behind Harden, blocking that to, to take it a game, to take a game. Was it game five or game six win yeah. still? Yeah, that was amazing. That's, that's probably my favorite moment, especially since I saw it. I didn't see it in the arena, but I saw that live, and I started yelling and cheering. My parents, because I was with my parents at the time. Why the hell are you? Why are you so loud? I said, Mono Blackhearted, Mardu Blackhearted,
0: we won." <laughs> They're like, "Okay, that's nice," <laughs> you know. Or <laughs> right. well, that's a good memory, you know. I'd have to say, if anything really sticks out, that's probably going to be one of the most iconic. Uh, One of the iconic moments, you know, for Manu is the the hardened block uh, at the end of the game. So before we go ahead and end this episode of the uh, Two Shots podcast, where can everybody get a hold of you across social media and see your great podcast that you're doing out there? And not only that, but, uh, you know, talk about, you know, the other things that you have coming up as far as this uh, podcast network I hear about.
1: So first, you can follow me personally on my Twitter at Ty Radio. That's Ty, J-A-G-E-R, just like the alcohol radio. You can find my podcast at The Lion Podcast at, on, at, on Twitter at, at lion. I know it's very confusing, two at the same time. It's one thing I regret about that name, but I still love it. Uh, you can also find my podcast at TheLionPodcast.com. The That's where you can find the links to wherever we broadcast, as well as our merchandise store. Uh, you can find the latest podcast that we've had was with Jonathan Stanford of uh, the foreign voice of the PA announcer of the Spurs that I said earlier, that was a great conversation. And then our latest episode, which is with Jeff Garcia of locked on Spurs. That was a not great one. Not great one. If you want a great story of of the, is it the hemisphere arena hemisphere, did I said it right this time. Cause I keep saying it wrong earlier. Yeah, hemisphere arena. You got it. All right. Got it. Right. So there's a great story in that, that Jeff gave. Uh, and then, uh, we're, and then at the line is part of the rise up podcast community. This is not a network. This is not, this is not a network that's going to be trying to force your content, try to take your, take your content and make it their own. This community is just there to help the promotion and promotion and growth of other podcasts all around. The, this community is awesome. We have about 50, 40, 50 different podcasts that are just there to help each other collaborate. If it needs people coming on, some of that expertise in the Rockets, I can bring them on my podcast and talk to trash talk each other about Spurs, Rockets, stuff like that. And we, there's different podcasts from different sports too, and they also help each other promote each other on social media and get their podcasts out there to grow listeners and all that. You can find that at bit.ly/riseuppodcommunity. That's bit bitly, if you know what bitly is. Slash riseuppodcommunity. You can find all that, all the great podcasts there and promote. And help, you can find them on Twitter at Pod Community.
0: And there you have it. So go ahead and make sure you go and support and check all the great uh, content and all the great things that they're doing over there for the uh, Rise Up Podcast community. So definitely give them a follow, like them on social media as well. And uh, for us, you know, Two Shots Podcast, you can always find us at, you know, on online at twoshotssa.com and across social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at two shots and it's all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S, podcast. And, you know, we'd like to go ahead and engage with you and talk with you and talk sports with you guys. And you can always uh, see all the great things that we have from our uh, family of podcasters as well because we talk more than just Spurs basketball. We talk MLB, a little bit of wrestling talk in there. And then the guys that we have from live from the 815, they're always good for uh, doing the MySpace top eight bits that they do, and it's a lot of fun. It's funny. So definitely go out there and check out everybody who's a part of the Two Shots podcast family. So for Ty Yeager, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Two Shots podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.